so if you have your Bibles, I ask that you open up to Psalm 17. And as you do that, as with many of the other Psalms, uh, this Psalm is, is a prayer written by David during a troubling time. Most likely this time uh, that this psalm was written would have been when he was being pursued by King Saul. Now, we all remember that uh, Israel had asked God for a king. They gave him, they, he gave them Saul. And then later on, Samuel would anoint David to be Saul's successor. Now, as, as I, as I, right now I'm, I'm studying the psalms. I've been doing it for the, probably a year now. And uh, just to spend a little bit more time in them and just that God would give me uh, understanding and just to know him better. Uh, and as part of uh, the counseling that I do, they would just help me uh, minister to other people also. So David here, David finds himself in a situation, if we'll be honest, and I think we can relate to it, it's, it's nothing that he had asked for, right? He's, he was anointed to be Saul's successor uh, he found himself being obedient to God, uh, serving Saul, fighting for him, putting his very life on the line, only to end up being pursued by this insecure, prideful, power-hungry man that he so valiantly and faithfully fought for. He might have, if it was you or I, maybe we'd be like, uh, hey, what's going on here? How many of us could relate to circumstances in our life, such as David, because David here, this what's going on in his life is not a consequence of some sin. God has allowed this in his life, and I believe it's part of his sanctification. And I think we can all relate to, and if some of you young people cannot, trust me, if you're in this walk long enough, there will come a season, a time in your life, that you're like, God, what's going on here? I've done everything right. I've done I've been faithful uh, to you. In this psalm, again, as with many others, we, we read the recorded cries, the very prayers of David. And within this psalm, basically I, did, I broke it up by the three headings, basically, the three sections. is David's appeal for God to listen, David's appeal for God to show himself, and finally David's appeal for God's justice. But I want us to notice here what, what I want us to notice here is <clears throat> what God had shown me is, is David's expectant attitude. You know, what David expected from God. And not, not that he expected it in a self-serving way, but in a way, as the psalmist writes in Psalm 37, that he delighted in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Kind of like that way. Or if you remember, a um, recently pastor preached on Psalm 1, right? Blessed be the man who walks in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. This is the David that we see here. And the attitude he has is expectant. He's a servant who confidently and expectantly prays uh, to his God. Again, the result of his circumstance was 
was not because of a, a consequence of his sin. But purely, uh, this may be very similar to Job, that God would use this to sanctify David. And he does that for you and I also. And we see here that David is trusting God. Not only is he trusting God, but as he trusts God, he's living out the gospel. So, again, that this would be a challenge to us, an encouragement to us to do the same. Because we are like David. We are children of the living God. Right? Amen? And, and we, we're, we're to live in that boldness, in that power, in that confidence. Right? And we can, we can expect God to hear us, or we can expect to fellowship with God, not only for eternity, but for the here and now. David's prayer here is not a complaint, again, but it's an appeal to the sovereign creator and shepherd of his sheep. Amen? So that's how I want us to look at this as we read Psalm 17. I'm going to read the whole psalm, and then we'll break it down. Beginning in verse 1. Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From your presence let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me and you will find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. With regard to the works of man... By the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your path. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me, hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior, of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who do me violence, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths, they speak arrogantly. They have now surrounded me. Excuse me. They have now surrounded our steps. They set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He is like a lion eager to tear as a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord, confront him, subdue him. Deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world, those, those portion, whose portion in this life you, will, you fill their womb with treasure. They are satisfied with children, and they leave their abundance to their infants." As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. Amen. Amen. That's God's word. So again, three appeals. So we'll start with the first, the first appeal. Um, Mr. Wessel, could you open up to Psalm 26, verse 11? And Mrs. Wessel, could you go to 1 John 3.22? So here we have David saying, listen to my prayer, Lord. Listen to 
my prayer. Um, why? If, you, if you're following in, in the outline there, uh, letter A, listen because you see me. Listen because you see me. You know as a man who does what is right in your eyes, God, Lord, hear my plea. My cause is just or a righteous one. Listen to what I am saying as I stand before you. Mr. Wessel. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. There's David's cry. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. He's saying, I shall walk in my innocence. Again, the circumstance I find myself in, it's not because of anything I've done wrong. I just find myself in this situation. So I am innocent. I've done nothing to deserve this as a consequence for sin. He asks the Lord, redeem me. Save me from this trouble. And be gracious to me. Right? Redeem me. Take me out of this. Take me out of this. 1 John 3.22, Mrs. Wessel. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him, because we keep His commandments, and do what pleases Him. Amen. So again, a very familiar passage in 1 John, New Testament. But again, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him. And this, is, this should be our posture. This should be our attitude. Why? Well, we have to ask ourselves, because we keep His commandments and do what pleases Him. David is confident that he can do this. I read this verse in 1 John and I have to ask myself. We need to ask ourselves as we pray before the Lord. Lord, answer me because I keep your commandments. And because I do what pleases you. And especially if it's a circumstance that comes into our life. that we, Whether it's, we could think of a number of circumstances. Health issues, uh, finances, <laughs> relational. And again... Some of those things could be consequences of decisions, but sometimes they just happen. Or things happen within our family to loved ones, and we don't know why. And when I pray to God, can I honestly come before Him as David and say, because I keep your commandments, you will listen to me, and because I do what you please, you will listen to me. Right? See me because I do all this, is what David's saying. Can you and I say that before God? He says, my words, in those first two verses, uh, verses 1 and 2, uh, Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my, my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From your presence, let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. Again, my words, my prayers come from honest lips. There is no deceit. I am innocent in your eyes, Lord. I have done nothing to deserve this. Can any of you relate to this? You ever find yourself in a why? Why, Lord? Why? Please hear my cry. I've done nothing wrong. Right? Again, he's not complaining. He's pleading as a confident, expectant servant, knowing that the Lord hears him, right? Knowing that the Lord is listening to his prayer because he sees him and he knows all these things to be true. He's not, he can't fool God, right? He can say, God, I'm doing all this and not be doing it. Amen? God knows. God sees everything. And then in, in verses 
uh, three to five on your outline there, uh, letter B, capital letter B, all right? Listen because you searched me. Listen because you searched me and know. Emily, could you read, could you go, turn to Psalm 6610? <laughs> Kathy Marilla, can you turn to Job chapter 23? And I'll tell you what to read in a minute. But just, just turn to that. You search me, Lord, and you know. You know my heart. You know my thoughts. You know my speech. Again, he can't lie to God. God knows everything. Right? They're not hidden from you, Lord. So he's not going to fool God. He's not going to trick him. He can conf- and he, he can confidently say those things because he's doing them. All right? So, Job 23. Kathy, could you read just verse 10 for now? Yeah, verse 10. But he who knows the way that I take, when he has tested, I will come forth as gold. Now, again, that's out of Job, but David can say, says this. Well, he does say it in the Psalms also. But Job, I like the way Job says it. But he... Lord knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. When God has tested me, when God has searched me, he will see. I will come out as gold. Again, in those situations, we have, those are things we have to look at ourselves. All right? Can I say this before the Lord? And again, if I can't, I need to confess it and ask God's forgiveness. Psalm 6610, Emily. Amen. God, you have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. Again, David's heart, his motives, his ways have been refined by God. And God knows them. So again, listen to me because you search me. You search my heart. You search my thoughts. You search my speech. And then the, the next section there under lowercase b, you searched my choices and my ways. You searched my choices and you searched my ways. Psalm 139 verse 1 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Amen. Like it or not, God has searched you and known it. It's good to be involved in that searching process. That he would reveal to us. Kathy, could you continue in Job 23 and read verses 11 and 12? Sure. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Amen. Again, amen. Again, that's, that's David. Again, we're reading from Job. But David, if we go back to Psalm 17. Verses 4 and 5, 
David writes, with regard to the works of man, by the word of your lips. Okay? I just want to, just want to hold it right there. He's, Psalm, Psalm 39.1. It's, it's on the aisle. You don't have to turn there. David writes, I said I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard or protect my mouth with a muzzle so long as the wicked are in my presence. That's a great psalm. All right? He's talking about self-control. He's talking about... He's, say, he's saying, Lord, when I am among the wicked, I guard my tongue. I'm going to be uh, sensitive. I'm going to be uh, alert to what I say. Not only that, okay, it says, I will guard my mouth with a muzzle. I won't even say things. I won't even participate, okay, in some of the conversation, as long as the wicked are in my presence. How many times can you and I find ourselves uh, with people, all right, that don't know the Lord, and whatever, whatever the conversation might be, eh, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's easy for me to kind of slip into it without even knowing all right? And saying things that really are not glorifying to God. I have to, I have to check myself. I have to make sure. David's saying, I've done this. I, I, I've done this. Again, uh, verse 4. With regard to the works of man, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. Again, regarding the works of man, by the word of your lips. Again, by, by your word, Lord, by your commands. I have avoided the ways of the violent. Again, that brings us back to Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. So think of, think of that. Consider, consider that as we look at, look at that verse 4. Alright? With regard to the works of man, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. I've, I've upheld, I've lived Psalm 1, <clears throat> verses 1 and 2. And then he goes on, and, and so, he, he, he kind of put, and so, verse 5, right? 17.5, because I haven't sat with them, because I haven't stood with them, and so my steps have held fast to your paths. Again, there's a result to that. It's because I haven't associated with, because I haven't partaken, because I've done what Psalm 39 says, that I will guard my ways, I will guard my mouth. Held fast to your paths, my feet have not slipped. Verse 5. Therefore, verse 6, therefore I will call upon you. Alright, so I've done everything. They're saying I've done all these things. I've upheld your commands. I am innocent in your eyes. Therefore, based on that, I call upon you. Why? For you will answer me. Oh God, is that our attitude? Is that our position? Is that our heart condition? All these things. Can we say what David says? Some of us, yes. Some of us, maybe not. Again, when we find ourselves in circumstances that we haven't necessarily, uh, not, again, not necessarily a result of something we've done wrong in disobedience, but it's life. 
works, the sin-cursed life, these things happen. Can we take the attitude, can we take the expectant, confident attitude of David because David can say all this? We need to search ourselves as we go before the Lord. He says, incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Again, I have, whenever I read that in Scripture, I, I, I picture like a father, like leaning down to their child and just kind of tell me, what is it? Uh, you have my ear. You have my, un, my devoted attention. Right? Speak to me. I am listening. That's, that's the confidence David had. That's the confidence we can have. So again, that's the first part of that psalm. Right? Listen to my prayer, Lord, because you see me, because you've searched me. Okay? I'm not going to fool you on anything. And then verses 6 through 12, show your power in my life, Lord. Show your power in my life. Sean, you want to grab 2 Peter 1, verse 3? Joe. Psalm 120, excuse me, Psalm 102, verse 2. And whoever's next to you, I can't see they have their head down. Psalm 6, verse 4. So, again, here we have an appeal for God to show his power in David's life. Can you and I appeal to God to show his power in our life? Go ahead, Mr. Sean. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. What does that verse mean, Mr. Sean? Well, it's talking about election. It's a, basically it's saying that He has given us the, the ability to be able to uh, follow in His ways. He's given us the ability to you know, because he drew us out. So, you know, not only did he draw us out, he gave us the ability to walk in righteousness. That's right. He's given us, we're without excuse. Right? As, as children of God, we are without excuse to live a godly life. He's given us everything that we need to live this life out. Psalm 102, 2. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. Amen. David crying in verse, in verse 6 of Psalm 17. I call upon you for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Show your power that all may see. Again on your outline there. Uh, under 17, 6 to 12, capital letter B. That all may see your Excuse me, capital letter A, faithfulness. I'm not going to mention the outline anymore because it's throwing me off. So, but that's where we are. If you want to follow along, follow along. That's great. Um, show me your power, Lord, that all would see your faithfulness, that you will not leave me nor forsake me, that people would know that. Right? That people would know that. Answer my prayer, Lord, for your name's sake. Not for me, but for your... Glorify yourself, Lord. Manifest your goodness in and through me. Psalm 6-4, who's got that? Anthony. Eternal Lord, deliver me, O Savior, for your mercy's sake. Again. Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. 
Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. We're the benefactors, right? We're the benefactors of God's goodness, of God's, of God's mercy. He's saying in these verses, again, show your power in me, through me, through your faithfulness. And then in verses 7 to 12, show your power that all may see your covenantal love on display. All right? Verse 7, David writes, and he says, Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. <coughs> Wondrously show. What that term actually refers to is, Lord, distinguish me. Make me stand out. Distinguish me. By what? Distinguish me, he says, by your right hand. Those who seek refuge. Those who seek refuge will have God's protection. Evidence of God's covenantal love, that he will not leave them. We, we, we pray a lot of times that, Lord, that we would be a testimony, that we would be ambassadors, and rightly so. But when I, when I was studying this, again, that wondrously show, distinguish me, that I might stand out. Not because of me. Like, that's what we need to pray. Not because of who I am or anything that I've done, but that people would see you. That people would see your glory, your love, all right, your promises in me and through me. That even in the midst of this circumstance, all right, that I'm trusting you, all right, that, that I am distinguished, I am not, uh, I don't want to say not affected, but the tough time in our lives as Christians should not stop us from serving God. Amen? We should continue. It may change how that looks at times, of course, but it shouldn't stop us from giving Him glory, even from serving Him. So we, he's praying for God's protection, to, for that to continue. Distinguish me by your right hand. I've done this. I'm innocent. I've, I've held your word, held to your word. Now keep me there. Hold me there. Protect me with your right hand. And you protect those who seek refuge. All right? That's also a physical protection, if that's God's will. Right? He's talking about his, his strong hand, as you refers to God's God's moving. We see that in Exodus. We see that all through that, all throughout Scripture, delivering His people, protecting them. So it's all of those things. In verses eight and nine, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who do me violence, my deadly enemies who surround me. So David, David cries out, "Keep me!" Right in the midst of this uncomfortable time. Right, keep me. Protect me. He says, as your own eye, by hiding me under your wing. You know, the apple of the eye. Again, the, the Hebrew reference there, the, the, the meaning of that is the, the little man in his eye. So, it's when you get close enough to someone and you look at their pupil, you could see your reflection. Right? But the point is, you're seeing the reflection in the pupil. Right? So the little man of his eye is referring to the pupil. So just as we protect our eyes, because we know how irritated they become, even just by dust, right? air quality, things of that nature, he's saying, he's saying, protect me as you would your own eye, 
as you would care uh, for that. Keep it safe, that it, would, that it would operate, that it would work. And in verses 10 to 12, they have now surrounded our steps. They set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He, he's talking about Saul there, he is like a lion eager to tear as a young man lurking in ambush. Protect me from those who seek to harm me. Again, he's praying in confidence that, Lord, you, I know you're going to protect me. Right? He, start, he starts out this section, you know, show your power in my life. He says, I know, I know you will hear me. Right? I know you will protect me. But he's going to stand in faith, confidently. Even though the circumstances, here he is, he's surrounded by his enemies, he's pinned down. Right? There is no escape at times, but he's trusting in God. And again, what, what I was reminded of constantly, this is not a consequence for David. This is not a result of a choice he made. He simply, Samuel came and anointed him, he goes and serves Saul, and he's like, like I said, like, what's this? Like, what, what's, what's going on here? I, I, I didn't sign up for this. I, you know, but he's trusting the Lord. Trusting the Lord. And then we had that he is uh, listening, right? Listen to my prayer, Lord. Show your power in my life. And then lastly, the last few verses, his appeal is for justice, right? His appeal is for God's justice. I trust in and I wait on the Lord. I'm going to ask Gina. Could you read Isaiah 30, 18? Shannon. Can you read 1 Samuel 24, 10 to 15? Mike, could you grab Psalm 1, verse 5? And who's that, Gianna or Olivia? Can you read? You know how to read? Yes, you know how to read. I'm just teasing you, sweetheart. I'm sorry. Could you read 1 John 3, 2? Please. You have, you have a lot of time to turn to that. So Isaiah 30, 18. Miss Shannon, please. Gina, I'm sorry. No, thank you. Uh, therefore, the Lord longs to be gracious to you, and therefore he wants, he waits on high to have compassion on you. And the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are those who long for him. Amen. In, in, again, if we, when, I'm not going to say if, but when we find ourselves, like again, in the circumstance where David is, we want to be taken out of that. We want it to pass. We want it over yesterday. Now, I'm done with this. I can't. Take anymore. But again, we see what Isaiah writes. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. It may, it may be quicker. It may be longer. It may not be until we go home to be with the Lord. But the Lord will serve justice. And that, that's, that's where David is, is heading to here. All right? This is what he's banking on. Um, Shannon? Yes. Is it 10 to 15? Actually, yes. 24, 10 to 15. Behold, this day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you today into my hands in the cave. And some told me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not put out my hand against my Lord. 
for he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, see the corner of your robe in my hand. For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you, you may know and see that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you, though you hunt my life to take it. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me against you, but my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancient says, out of the wicked comes wickedness. But my hand shall not be against you. After whom the king of Israel come out, after whom do you pursue? After a dead dog? That's good, that's good. Thank you. So again, you, you read that passage. Many of us are familiar with that passage. I don't know about you, but it is, when we heard our sister read that, God's word, you know, to the effect, people have told me to kill you. So here, if that's me, I'm thinking, well, God anointed me. All right? People are telling me to kill him. <laughs> well, it only makes sense. How's, how's this going to come to fruition unless Saul's gone? This is God's will. But again, that's why David was in there, not me. All right? Because he, again, having a heart for the Lord, his desire for God. He's, Lord, you put him there. You're the one who has to remove him. You're the one who holds the king's heart in your hand. You're the one who directs the steps of all authority and puts them in place. I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it. So again, He's, just, he's trusting God and His justice and in His time. Right? He's not going to accelerate this. Again, in, in verses 13 to 14 of Psalm 17, Lord, in, in, in Your judgment I trust. Again, Saul is Your anointed. Therefore, only You have the right, Lord, to deal with His wickedness. He says in verse 13, By Your sword. Again, that's God's judgment that's God's standard right and God's sword God's judgment God's standard nothing can come against that amen nothing can thwart that nothing can defend that nothing can come against it Psalm 1 5 therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous amen so that that's that's where David gets his patience. That's where David rests in the Lord. Not taking matter into his own hands, not trying to, again, to, to, to orchestrate something that he would get out of this. All right? Again, he's being wise, but he's being faithful. All right? He knows that one day, if it's not now, all right, if I were to die today, I know one day you're going to get yours. You know, it's not for me to judge. And ver- verse, verse 14, he speaks to them for... From men, by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure. They are satisfied with children. And they leave their abundance to their infants. Men whose portion is this life. When I think about that, when I think of those people, and we all know those people, we have those people that are close to us, that work with us, that are in our family. 
Okay? Those people right now are hopeless. Right now, what they have, what's in this life is all they have. This is it. It's sad. It really is sad. So almost as if, you know, David realizing this, not in a self-righteous way, like, oh yeah, I'm going to, you know. But I really think in a compassionate way, like, you know, even though I'm going through what I'm going through, I know where my hope is. Even though I have a, a, a child that, that, that wandered away from the Lord, brought up their whole life, my hope is in God. My hope is in His righteousness, in His justice. All right? I still hope and pray that that child would come and surrender. That would be wrong. I still hope and pray for God to use me in that person's life, whether it's a child, whether it's a family, whoever it might be in your life. We, need, we, had to have, we have to have compassion because all they have is now. This is, this is it. And, and, and we need to be like David. And we, he closes out Psalm 17, verse uh, 15. Right? Ask for me. I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. I will be satisfied. Everything that I'm going through, the hardship that I'm in, whatever heartache it is you have, whatever circumstance you find in, if it's for the rest of your time here, okay, you will be satisfied. We trust that God hears our prayer and that He can search us and knows us. It's our responsibility to line ourselves up with Him, if I could just kind of sum it up that way, that we can confidently pray expectantly pray like David prayed here. Lord, you've seen me. You've searched me. Everything I'm proclaiming, I'm not fooling you. You know it's true. Can I do that before the Lord? I should. If I can't, then I need to, again, confess and, and turn to God so that I can confidently, expectantly pray before God. David says here, I will be satisfied. David's hope was focused on eternity. He prayed with confident expectation in the eternal hope. I, you and I, will be satisfied when we live out the gospel in times of difficulty. Our eternal satisfaction, as David says here, I will be satisfied. Our eternal satisfaction cannot and will not be shaken. Amen? It cannot be revoked. It cannot be reduced. Amen? It cannot be shaken. And I want to close with Olivia. You get to close us out with that verse. 1 John 3, 2. Behold, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall see Him like Him. We shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. Amen. That is our hope. Amen. That is our part of our thrust, part of, part of our motiv- motivation to get us going, to keep us going. We are God's children now, and what we will be has not appeared. But we know, amen, we know that when He appears, not if, right? When He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. 
Again, and we talked about that a little bit on community group about God's justice. It's, it's not, we're not going to be like, oh yeah, he got his, or we're, we're going to be made like him. Right? We'll see him as he is. It's just going to be just and right. And we, we can't <laughs> uh, fathom that right now. We can't really understand that. But we have that hope. We have that hope. Amen? So may we be confident, expectant prayer warriors. Amen? By meditating on God's Word, understanding God's Word, right? knowing Him, that He would search us, that He would know us, that we can confidently come before Him. Not to say, oh, I wonder if He heard me. No. Are you His child? Yes. All right. Is what you're going through uh, a result of a disobedience? If it's not, then persevere. If you've done everything you're supposed to do, then persevere. And if it is a result of our consequence, then confess it. Because God, Christ, is with us in the consequence. Amen? Amen. Any questions? Anything people want to add? Okay. Let's pray. And we can... It's 10.15. Father God, thank you again for who you are. Thank you, dear Lord, for your servant David's uh, many psalms, but particularly this one, Lord God, that, again, it is for your protection. It is for your deliverance, dear Lord. But at the same time, his attitude, Lord God, not that we be prideful in any way, but that we have an attitude of David, of expecting confident prayer, because our desire is to delight in you. And because... We obey your commands, Lord God. And for the times uh, that we don't, Lord, may we be quick to confess them, that you would forgive us our sin, Lord God, that we may worship you uh, in the manner that you are worthy. Father, be with us as we go to service now. Be with our brother, your servant, as he brings forth your word, that it would not be his own words, Lord, but your spirit, uh, using him as your instrument, dear Lord and continue to prepare our minds and our hearts that we come before you expecting to hear and expecting to be transformed, expecting to have our minds renewed, Lord God, by the power of your word. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Amen.